0: Your brain might turn to putty, but there's still a chance to learn. We'll be your study buddies. We're going to talk about some stuff and make research cool.
1: Get us in the zone. Great. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Hello, hello, and welcome to another week of Study Buddies, the podcast where we bring you the latest in science and psychology. And sometimes more. My name is Paula Sanchez-Abreu. And my name is Taylor Collins. And we're your co-hosts, and we're back, and we're back, and we're back. Hey. We're back, and we're here, and we're excited.
0: We are just just bubbling with. Uh, various forms of energy yeah. Levels of excitement yeah. And anxiety Ooh. And just like Internal angst But like Hope and optimism Just a lot of like Emotions are bubbling So we're gonna inside. do the
1: thing Where we always tell you You know Like what time it is And like what day it is When we're recording oh, Cause yes. <laughs> Apparently that is What day are, are we What day are we recording Pella? Well it's November 2nd It is about 9pm On November 2nd Which is the night Before the election The grand election Which everyone Is fearful for in twenty four hours, in this time tomorrow, we will be Panicking. on the edge of our
0: whatever, Panicking. freaking out about results that we may actually not get tomorrow. Or, regardless. you know, um, for like
1: the next three months.
0: <laughs> right. We don't. We don't know what's going to happen. Hopefully, by the time you hear this, there will be like this really wonderful, peaceful resolution, and we will not be in a civil war. Oh God,
1: Taylor, stop talking. Enough. <laughs> This is about science and psychology. <sighs>
0: if we are in a civil war, though, like Kyle Taylor, I'm in she's New a Haven. social worker. <laughs> we can start a pod. We will survive this together. Yeah.
1: I, I legit have, um, I'm prepared. Tonight, I'm preparing a go bag as somebody that lives in New York City. Um, we got money out today. Wow. I just wait. Really? I yeah. saw things saying that, and I was like, "That might be too far." Granted, I are you always also live in a like city? Large... Tailor. I would definitely get some kind of bag together just in case no, you need to go. No, you know, I have a, a lot town. of black beans. I think I'm okay. Oh no, I mean something like if you need to like leave the city.
0: I I. I just feel that I won't be bombed. or like, No, I, I don't think you're going to be bombed. Okay. It's just the
1: kind of thing where, like, you need to make sure that you can get access to, like, groceries and, like, cash and all that stuff. And if card readers are down because of rioting in the streets, that's potential. So, I'm just saying, I'm just saying these are the things we live in. Um, um, I don't What do they call these? Um, I do Unprecedented like, times, as they say. I don't so. pe-
0: I just am unsure if I can like maintain the reality that I need to buy groceries and like prepare for like this giant thing as well as like the reality that like I should be doing yoga and drinking tea and like calming
1: myself. I just, cool, I can't. Cool, cool. You know, sometimes preparation helps you feel better and other times it doesn't. For me, prep makes me feel like, okay, we're good. Cause my anxiety. I feel good. This is my version of watching a scary I... movie, Taylor.
0: I think that if I had time to prep, like if, if tomorrow morning I was like, oh, yes, I have a free morning. I could go grocery shopping. I may consider that. But alas, I do not. And it, you know what? If this airs in like three weeks or two weeks from now and there is civil unrest, like can you guys share some, you know, milk with
1: me? Like I probably <laughs> am out by then. Yeah, <laughs> good. So um, like hit me up. If I share milk with you, it'll probably be bad by the time it gets to you. But like uh, one of your neighbors will do it. I'm sure. I
0: really have nice neighbors.
1: I have a nice neighborhood. I just, I think I'm not gonna have to leave. I really hope so it's gonna be great. Well, you know what might help you um, if you do have to leave? Your beautiful face. Wow. <laughs> what a wonderful transition She's into our study today. That transition for days. Okay, this is
0: great. <laughs> so. Um, We are so excited to do this study
1: today that does have to do with beauty. Yeah. So, Taylor, why don't you give us, like, an official introduction to what's on the syllabus for today? Absolutely. So, today's study
0: is called Aesthetic Capital, a Research Review on Beauty Perks and Penalties. And it's a 2010 study from the University of Delaware. Okay, okay. Delaware represent. So
1: um who's representing are we from delaware no i'm just just... saying like delaware good job showing up you know showing up to this yeah that's fair uh,
0: because i i mean does delaware do a lot as a state i really don't know enough to call that out but like i really don't know what they do well the
1: university of delaware is actually a very very beautiful campus i know i've been there weirdly enough (laughs) wow yeah (laughs) they have some aesthetic capital they sure do. So wait, okay. What tell us what the what the study is about? What's aesthetic capital? Tell tell me everything I want to know. So the study is a
0: meta analysis, which basically means they compile results from a multitude of various studies okay. that examined beauty to explore and identify this concept of aesthetic capital by looking at the benefits and drawbacks of beauty. Mm-hmm.
1: Drawbacks of beauty. Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. Interesting.
0: So ultimately, it showed that visually appealing traits can affect things like friend selection and getting jobs and career mobility.
1: Mm-hmm. That's interesting because I uh, doubt that high cheekbones will make you be a better friend or like a co-worker. But <laughs> why do they say that this is the case?
0: <laughs> right. It's like this study looked at this idea of aesthetic capital new term alert, which they define as traits of beauty that are perceived as assets capable of yielding privilege, opportunity,
1: and wealth. Fascinating. So it's like beauty as a commodity for like gaining or, you know, if there are setbacks, drawbacks, losing certain things. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Okay. So I want to learn more about aesthetic capital. Can you like Tell me a little bit how you like see it playing out in society, in the world. Yeah. So before we get into like the nuts and bolts,
0: the authors really do a review of like a lot of the concepts that kind of go into aesthetic capital. Mm-hmm. And they mention like, for example, the entertainment industry shows financial gains when populating shows and screens with. Good looking and visually pleasing performers. So, for actors, for example, being attractive can be as important as being good at your actual acting. Thank you
1: so much, Taylor. Is your subtle way of telling me that I'm gorgeous?
0: I am. (gasps) See, Paola's so successful in her voiceovers
1: because
0: (laughs) because of her beauty.
1: Hey, can win you anywhere. It's it's so funny because the literal reason that I like voiceover (laughs) the most is because I can do it in my pajamas and no makeup.
0: (laughs) I fully respect that. But yeah, it's basically like we can we can like reap financial benefits from from being attractive, and it's shown. And it's not just actors; it's also other jobs as well, like politicians and leaders, athletes, um, just even day to day citizens. Mm -hmm. Being attractive can like be
1: more helpful to you yeah yeah for certain
0: the study also says that people have an understanding of their own aesthetic traits and what we do is we engage in body work and aesthetic labor to work to gain that aesthetic so is that things
1: like um like applying makeup like maybe sometimes like cosmetic surgery or dressing a certain way or like shaving your facial hair a certain way is that kind of what that's talking about that like aesthetic labor or body work Absolutely. Mm.
0: It's things like, I mean, it can be going to the gym. It can be oh, yeah. breast implants. It can be getting highlights. It can be washing your face in the morning so you don't get acne. Like these are things that mm. every time we do something like that, it takes something away from us, whether that be like our time, our energy, our finances. Right. Like it, it. there's a cost. But the reason we're putting that work in is to gain this advantage, this aesthetic capital, capital for ourselves. Cool. Right. It's almost like we're trading one form of capital, whether that be our, like, time and money for, like, a different form of capital or power. that's so crazy to think about. Right. And since the 1970s, there's been evidence that being beautiful is good and leads to more wealth of all different kinds. And it's kind of, it's sometimes also referred to as the beauty premium. Okay. So it can be, like, this wealth, wealth can be measured in non-material ways that might include things like prestige, status, credibility, health social social desirability, friendship or even opportunities. Mm, mm-hmm. So they go on to say that beauty is it's like this cultural capital as defined by Bordeaux in 1984 and that it's largely symbolic and it maintain maintains its value on this illusion that it has intrinsic worth right Because if really, we didn't like
1: if we didn't care about how beautiful something was, it like really wouldn't have any worth for like trading capital.
0: Right. It's it's like it's almost like art in a sense, like where we assign it this value Mm. based on our perception, which gives it this power. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: And so what Bordeaux talks about when he talks about cultural capitals of like things like beauty, they're often institutionalized and they work to establish hierarchies of discrimination or distinction. So the social contract of beauty is often actually pretty exclusive and narrow, and it tends to lead to the privilege of, like, white women, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So people believe having this beauty should then be rewarded, and it becomes a form of privilege. And it, this privilege actually ends up oftentimes taking a toll on
1: women and minorities in its own sense. Got it, because minorities may not fit the model for what is like been hailed as the most beautiful, and women have to continue to work to gain aesthetic capital because they're kind of like depended on to have it. Is that why? Right, right. So like for example, it affects
0: minorities because the social construction of beauty is this like narrowly defined thing, or we see it like the same way. We we see these images that like often and i think nowadays it's getting a little bit more broad mm-hmm. but overall we see these kind of like cookie cutter forms of like what beauty should be sure and that tends to privilege white women from middle class backgrounds mm-hmm. and it tends to marginalize others especially racial minorities mm-hmm. and it also affects women too so obviously i think you know women in our value is like intrinsically tied to our looks unfortunately yeah. um that's it's that often happens and so from an early age we learn that our body parts are supposed to be like scrutinized and evaluated by other people and that it's our responsibility to maintain
1: these parts of ourselves and make ourselves appealing got it so like it's your your value is intrinsically intrinsically connected and tied from a very young age to like this very material like rapid social construct.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting because, like, in taking a feminist perspective on this, we can also look at, like, the choice to look to gain aesthetic capital as a sense of agency that we're trying to mm. exercise, too. Yeah. So women can choose to, like, increase something or you know put energy or effort into making something more beautiful or more like socially appealing or or visually appealing to kind of conform to these things to gain a set of capital because it's it can help us reach these like points of empowerment but we can also maybe be trapped by those things yeah if
1: you compare them like like your assets like perhaps your financial assets are as uh, maybe as a woman like your physical assets may be just as valuable as your financial assets in the way that we can like gain or let go of power. So it can be agency. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So how was the study conducted? Yeah.
0: So they searched um, the sociological abstracts and psych info between uh, the years of 2000 and 2009 mm-hmm. for peer-reviewed articles um, and identified ones that revealed positive or negative outcomes associated with beauty. So they, they used the key search terms, the keywords beauty, physical appearance, and physical attractiveness. And they ultimately
1: identified 196 studies that they used. Whoa, that's a lot of studies. How does So how does this particular meta-analysis define beauty? And then what did they look at in all of these different studies?
0: Basically, beauty is this kind of like ever-changing concept that's defined differently. So Mm. since they had this like massive quantity of studies, they took the author's definition of beauty Oh, and they accepted however the authors defined it within their their studies and then they justified them. But they mainly looked at they kind of broke down the studies and a lot of the studies mainly looked at face and hair. So like symmetry of the face and other facial features like hair color, texture, style, Mm. Body or physique, so, like, waist-to-hip ratios, body mass indices, height and weight, etc. Clothes and fashion, like, style, presentation of self, and trendiness. And also accessories, things like makeup, tattoos, handbags,
1: shoes, etc. Got it. That all all aligns in my brain of what, like, the different definitions of beauty are. So then Mm -hmm. um, when they, like, took all of this, what did they – took all of this and, like, analyzed it together, what did they find? So – um,
0: I really like the way the study breaks it down. it almost like they put everything into columns of like what the studies looked at and then what how many studies like fell into the categories. So for example, they had some studies that broke down what advantages there were for being good looking and what disadvantages there were for being good looking and also what advantages there were for being unattractive and disadvantages there were for being unattractive Mm -hmm. so they measured like quite a few different things and found and looked at what the different studies found so in in the table where they talked they found the most meat in most studies majority of studies found a lot of perks that result from beauty and attractiveness that was kind of like one of the key findings
1: of this overall analysis so what they did essentially was they like Totaled the number of perks listed in one study, like found in one study, and then like combined them with the totals of like perks in other studies and then listed them in a table. And then they did the same thing with penalties. Is that correct?
0: Yeah. So for example, if I look at, um, they have like four tables in each talking about perks of attractiveness, penalties of attractiveness, perks of unattractiveness, penalties of unattractiveness. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's four tables there. So if I'm looking at the one that has the most uh, findings that they identified, it's perks from beauty and attractiveness. So so one perk that they identified was self-esteem and optimism being related to beauty and attractiveness. And they had nine studies in their meta-analysis that found that specifically. And then like another one they found was social desirability. So that's like being sought out more as a friend or intimate partner. And they had 11 studies that found that. So they can go
1: through kind of each of these oh, different. So they specifically define what the perk is, and then they list the number of studies that like had that as a perk of beauty.
0: Yeah, as a conclusion that they found. And mm-hmm. these studies were all like peer-reviewed scientific uh, studies. And so they're this what they're really doing is kind of totaling the results of what all of this literature said to kind of come up with – some understanding of what really
1: beauty is helping us out with. It's like all of these studies were like the sets in a tennis match, and now this is the 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 results of the match. Is that a good? That's right. a good sports analogy for all you tennis players out there. And so what the match showed is that there's a lot of perks
0: related to attractiveness, and beauty wins. Include
1: yet again,
0: beauty does win. <laughs> As we, as I had mentioned before, 11 studies related attractiveness to social desirability. So that affects directly the relationships and friendships you
1: have. That's crazy. Wow.
0: (laughs) And that's like, that's like a social power, you know, like, have you ever walked in a room and kind of like observed everyone and wondered where you are on the attractiveness hierarchy? Literally all the time. It's really,
1: it's very fun. It's too fun to do.
0: And you do the same thing to other people in a sense where like when someone is really attractive, they're like, they almost have like a power and like you want Mm -hmm. to be friends with them and you don't know why. Like that, that thing right there, that's social desirability. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they also had studies that found that being more attractive or beautiful secured more long and loving relationships, um, that people found good-looking people to be more credible, and that they had better employment opportunities and outcomes.
1: All based on something that we, a lot of the times, can't control.
0: Yeah. So there, there were even more positive benefits, such as higher health, more likely to be fit and less likely to be ill, more status and power, like greater ability to influence others, also to be, to have more social value, which is a little different than desirability. The way they describe social value is that you're perceived to be of a greater loss to society if you die. Oh, so it's like, um, it's like
1: when people say, oh, she was a beautiful girl. It's such a, it's such a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow.
0: And it's, I think, I, I think that piece has a really, when we talk about like the racial disparities, when you think yeah. about when a white child goes missing versus when a black child yeah. goes missing. Like, I genuinely think that this beauty privilege comes into yeah. play with even people's alertness to, like, how important yeah. that m- missing person status is. One hundred percent. Yeah. And also self-esteem and optimism. Um, it shows it's connected to having higher self-esteem and, and optimism. Mm. So there's So there's these perks they identified. But then, conversely, they also identified penalties. And I think this is really interesting. Some studies showed that beauty and its pursuit negatively impacted self-esteem as well. They had 21 studies that almost found the exact opposite, and it was in a different way.
1: Oh, fascinating.
0: Right. And so how the authors kind of explained this and broke this down was that they said it like, this beauty and attractiveness can increase self-esteem at times Mm -hmm. when – you are judged to be attractive or good looking by other people, but it can decrease self-esteem when you're working towards the pursuit of beauty and you're trying to increase this aesthetic value mm-hmm. and that can lower your self-esteem.
1: And, oh, wow. that makes me wonder like, if you get to a certain level of like beauty that like you're at the peak and you continue to want more and like, does your self-esteem then plummet because you've done all of the things that you can and you're like, not getting as beautiful as you want to or you're not getting the the attention that you were looking for it's interesting that's all
0: right like can you not recognize your own value i think that's a i think that's a whole other kind of construct and the authors do say that like more research is needed Mm. to understand how much the pursuit of aesthetic capital and that body work and that aesthetic labor we were talking about influences some of these outcomes yeah what other um, penalties were there Um, so other penalties that it talked about was that there were some studies that that a couple studies studies that showed that being attractive could be related to lower desirability lower power status lower credibility and poorer health and I think that is it's it's interesting because it's like kind of altered from kind of counters what the other thing is but I, I do think in some circumstances being really attractive can in most circumstances benefit you but in some circumstances it can almost like knock you down a few pegs depending on the social group you're in and the situation and scenario and I think that's what this study is highlighting Mm -hmm. that there's there there's perks and penalties and it might be different it might be different depending on what scenario you're in yeah
1: yeah that's so true and um
0: an interesting finding so the next table the next two tables five and six we're really looking at the perks and penalties of being unattractive. And they had significantly less studies that looked at this, which shows that mm. overall the literature and the science wants to look a lot more at what happens to beautiful people than it wants to look at what happens to unattractive or <laughs> normal people. Oh, my God. That's so
1: wild. It's like reflected in the science itself. Right.
0: So the wow. levels of... The levels of studies are, are significantly lower in the next two two tables, but they did find that sometimes there could be perks from being unattractive. There was a couple of studies that showed um, there would be a higher social value and self-esteem and optimism, mm-hmm. and that there's a but there were a lot more penalties that resulted from being unattractive. and that was more that was more commonly found in results. And that was things like having lower self-esteem, lower social desirability lower power and status, and lower social value and acceptance from others. So there,
1: are to- there were like a total number of 18 studies that found penalties, right? And then R- there were yep. only like three that found perks. Is that correct? From being unattractive, yeah. yeah.
0: And then when you look at the, the totals for attractiveness, there were 88 studies that found perks of attractiveness and 51 studies that found penalties of attractiveness. Oh my God,
1: that's just like so many more studies done on beauty rather than unattractiveness.
0: Yeah. And these these numbers won't all add up to the total number of studies they looked at because some didn't have very clear-cut like perks and penalties and mm. some were some studied multiple things so they were grouped into like multiple categories or different things. So they kind of based it again on like overall findings of everything. Got it. So the ultimate conclusions were that there there are more perks associated with beauty and also that this this aesthetic capital is measurable. Like we can use this and see this as a tangible result, a tangible thing, this like beauty, this thing that no one talks about as a privilege. We talk about all these other forms of privilege. Mm-hmm. And we just all avoid this elephant of the room that we're all surveying every time we walk in yeah. there. And this this privilege, this capital can be used to obtain other forms of wealth in different ways. That's- Helps us get jobs. It helps us get relationships. Yeah, like it. It helps us when I think people might be more likely to hold the door for you or yeah. or give you a free drink at a bar. Yeah. And what does that mean financially?
1: That's so wild. Um, were there any limitations to this study?
0: Yeah, I think the primary limitation to this is that it is a meta-analysis, Yeah. so it's really just this big review of experiments rather than its own experiment, which means we don't really get to break down the efficacy, like the limitations of each of the studies, Mm -hmm. unless we wanted to read all 196,
1: and ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) That's for real. I certainly do not.
0: Yeah. So um, so that's the, the really, the, I think, the main limitation um, that and like the concept of beauty, they left up to the authors. So that may differ. Yeah. Depending on the studies. And I think that differs day to day and culture to culture. So there's a
1: lot of different pieces that kind of go into the conceptualization of beauty. Right. Wow. Well, there's a, a lot of information <laughs> in this episode. Uh, my brain is reeling. I cannot wait to get to passing notes about this. Oh, I have so many things
0: to say and talk about. I know. And I'm I'm almost a little sad that we separate our episodes now because I
1: have a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it'll be good to take a break and see more and more, um, gain more and more real life insight that will help us reflect on this a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, If y'all have any thoughts, questions, comments about beauty and privilege and all of that good good aesthetic capital. And experiences.
0: Yeah. If you have an experience where like you were we were talking about this and you were like, Wow, like this thing came into my brain yeah. and this happened to me. Share them. We wanna know yeah. because I think that this definitely this is something that we experience in every interaction. We just again don't talk yeah. about it.
1: This is this is definitely not a selective idea. It affects all of us on the day today. Yep. Well, uh, write us in the show at study buddies podcast at gmail.com. We want to hear your stories, your thoughts, your feelings. And um, we hope that when you hear this episode, there is peace and quiet in the world for just... Just once in 2020. We,
0: we are just being optimistic. But if 2020 is going to continue to 2020, then I suspect you will be listening to this from a crank radio in a bunker. Oh my so. God, Taylor, <laughs> call. <Collins, laughs> we you will doing? see
1: you there in your bunker. Hey, guys. Oh, all right. <laughs> well, I hope you have a peaceful week. We will see you again next week for another episode of Study Buddies. See you next Tuesday. Bye, guys. Study Buddies was created by Paula Sanchez-Abreu and Taylor Collins. Our graphic design was done by Monica Ray Summers-Gonzalez, and our intro song was composed by singer-songwriter Caught in Between. You can follow Study Buddies on Instagram at studybuddies.com and email the show at studybuddiespodcast at gmail.com.